Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsay. Thanks for listening to the Winning the Inner Game podcast. I got to put a word in for my sponsors. First off, it's actually my real estate sales team in Utah. You can visit my website at www.the-wgr.com. That's www.the-wgr.com. If you have someone looking to buy or sell real estate in Utah, reach out to us. We'd love to work with you on that. Also, you can go to winningtheinnergame.com where you can join the winner's circle. That's my personal email list where I'm always sending out free real estate tips and tricks and also inviting people to free real estate trainings. In there as well is also a audio tools and training section that you can check out where I share a lot of the trainings that I do with inside of my own sales organization that will help you take your business to the next level. You got to check out fearlessagent.com. That's the coaching and training company I started with over a decade ago. They're by far the most effective, affordable, and efficient coaching and training platform on the planet today. If you go to fearlessagent.com, you can check out a free 45-minute webinar that will share with you the five must-know presentations to take your real estate sales business to the next level. And finally, guys, I got to thank my friends over at Mojo Sales. It's the CRM and dialing platform that I use to succeed at a high level in prospecting. So go check them out at www.mojocells.com and thanks for listening. What's up guys, it's Colton Lindsay here with another winning series interview today. I got Mr. James Shelby on the line. I'm super stoked to have him on. I've been kind of touching base with him back and forth on the Facebook for a little bit and he's had some massive success this last year. So James, welcome to the uh, interview series. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, brother. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Nice. So w- let's do this. Take 30 seconds or less, maybe 60 seconds. And really quickly, first of all, introduce yourself, where people can connect with you, where you're from, things like that. But then give us kind of the background of, of how you got into real estate and, and what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, like you said, my name is James Shelby. I live in Temecula, California. That's about uh, 30 to 40 minutes north of San Diego. Um, I got into real estate about, I want to say just over about three years ago, but I didn't really start uh, going full time until about a a little over a year ago, about a year and a half ago, went full-time, dove in. I had a family business that I worked with, auto glass business. I did that for like the first 12, 13, you know, working years of my life. I have a beautiful uh, wife and two kids and, um, uh, you know, made the transition over real estate, like I said, about a couple of years ago and been trying to uh, figure it all out just like all new agents do. Okay, cool. So, so how long now have you been in in real estate? Uh, I think a total of like three and a half years. But like I said, I I went full time. Uh, I think it was August, uh, the end of August in two thousand. I guess it'd be fifteen. Okay, so two thousand fifteen, so two thousand seven, so a year and a half, really solid. So tell us about previous to to when you went full time. Were you just working part time? Were you were you just doing it on the side? Like you had your license? Yeah. Were you doing anything? What were you doing? Yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, I was working for a family business. And at, at the time that I first got interested in the real estate was when the housing market went down and back in like 09, you know, 10, 11. And I started mm-hmm. noticing, I, I'd drive around and, and replace, replace people's auto glass, but I'd notice like every 
neighborhood I went to, either there was a bunch of for sale signs up or, um, you know, there's just a bunch of empty houses. And I, you know, I started kind of, I didn't pay attention to the real estate market or anything like that at that time. But I, you know, I, I just kind of sort of noticed that something weird was going on. I started hearing about everyone losing everything. And um, I started looking into maybe buying my own house. And then that's kind of how I got interested in the real estate. And I, I had an agent that was helping me, you know, try to find a home. And I actually was the one that ended up finding all the homes. I'd, I'd find a vacant home and I'd call her and say, hey, what's going on this, with this one? She'd say, oh, it's in foreclosure. And I actually, for a couple of them, I actually contacted the owners and got her short sale listings and uh, didn't even really, really realize what I was doing because I was just trying to find a house for myself. And uh, yeah. that kind of got me interested in real estate. And then, yeah, I started out doing it on the side. I got my license, tried to do it on, you know, on the side, but realized if I wanted to be successful at it, I just had to dive, dive, you know, stop dipping my toes in the water and just dive in and uh, just put a little money aside to, to live off for a couple months and then just dove in. So you, you started what, – what was the date you got your license? I'm trying to put the timeline together here. Sure, yeah. Um, it was August. I want to say it was August of – let me look here. I think it was August of 2013, I want to say. Okay. So and then so two, years, I, two years part-time then, basically, right? Yeah, roughly two years part-time. I, I, when I first got my license, I actually – closed escrow on my house and got my real estate license in like the same, same like months. And so I was working, I was trying to, you know, get my house in shape because it was a short sale. It's pretty trash. And so I didn't really get going on real estate until the, the following year. And then what I would do is I just, I drive around, do my, my auto glass business. And then after work, I'd get off and I'd go change and I'd go door knock. Um, Cause I really didn't know what to do at the times. So I just, I used to listen to podcasts about real estate and, I always heard about door knocking and making phone calls. And so I just started door knocking. That's actually how I got my first deal. Nice. So, so you started not with people just flooding in saying, Hey, we need help. But you started hustling the doors to find people. And you did this after working full time at your other job. So what time would you get off? Four o'clock, five o'clock. What time did you get done at your, your day job? Yeah, I'd usually get off about four or something like that, four thirty, and then um, I'd run home, change, put on something, you know, like a suit or something nice, and uh, go start hitting some doors. And I, you know, I, it depended on what time of year it was. I think it, at that time it was it was still getting dark early by the time I started doing that. So I, I only had a good half hour, hour, and I just hit as many doors as I could, hand out as many cars as I could, you know write down leads. I mean, I didn't really have a script or anything. I just went out with my card, my business cards, and would just knock on doors near the community where I lived. And um, once I so, got that so, first deal, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, so you started in August of, of 13 to 15. In that two-year period, how many deals did you do? Oh, man, in that first two-year period, I probably only did about 10 to, 10 to 12, probably, something like that. So, so six deals a year, working after hours. Then August mm-hmm. 15, or it was August 15 you got in to, to the end of 2016, so 18 months. How many deal, deals did you do in that next 18-month period? In the next 18-month period, let's see, this last year from, let's just say from last January to this January, I think about 52 sides, something like that. 
So I don't, I don't so know what it, what it would have. I don't know what it would have been the last year and a half, but I know from January to January, it's been like fifty-two sides. So, so fifty-two sides in in a twelve-month period. That would I I heard. Yeah. Nice. So what what was the what changed? What flipped the switch from going six deals a year to fifty-two deals a year? What was it? Uh, well, the main thing was going full time because that was a big mindset shift. I I was trying to do two things. Uh, you know, there's times where I'd work all day, then I'd try to work at night, and then I'd try to work on the weekends, and half my brain was thinking about, you know, one, the, you know, the family business, and then the other half of my brain was thinking about, well, how can I grow in real estate? And it just came to a point where I was like, I knew that the only way for me personally to to take my, my real estate business to another level is I, I knew I had to devote all my time to it, or at least all my working time. So, um, I, my family, and coincidentally, my family was going to be moving and, and they wanted me to take over the business. And I, I had to kind of tell them, look, it's not, it's not what I want to do. You know, I don't want to keep doing this. And so it was, it was a tough time to, uh, try to, you know, break that news to them. And they ended up kind of selling the business and I ended up going my own way, you know, so I saved some of my commission checks because I knew, Hey, you know, it's a big jump. I'm getting into something that I, I've really only been doing part-time, so I just squirreled away some money because I knew it, you know, you know, it could be a month or two before you close a deal. And um, so back in uh, August, they sold the business, and I, I trans- transferred over to real estate full-time and just hit the ground running. So you hit the ground running. What, what did hit the ground running look like? What is hit the ground running? Gotcha. Okay. Well, Thankfully, in August, we I went to the um, Mike Ferry Superstar Retreat, so that kind of got me energized. I'm a I'm a pretty big Mike Ferry guy. I'm I'm big into prospecting and all that stuff. So after after I got home from that retreat, I uh, started hitting the phones, still doing some door knocking. Um, I got pretty big into uh, to social media. I started using that, leveraging that more for for getting some business too, and. Um, I really just try to keep a daily schedule of, of prospecting, you know, lead follow-up, and uh, never really looking back at my other business as a crutch because the, the company that bought it wanted me to come work for them. And, and that that door was always open, but I, I was the one that kind of said, hey, don't even think about it. You know, no matter what happens, this is, this is what I want to do, and this is where the real money is at. So I just got on a real strict regimen of, of uh, prospecting and never really looked back. So what, what time are you getting out of bed? Let's hear about that. So here's one thing I've noticed, James. Everyone that's a producer, it doesn't matter if they're producing 52 cells a year or if they've grown a big team or they've owned several businesses, right? They, they get up and they have a, a routine they follow. What, what's your day look like? What time are you waking up? Well, I'll be honest. The, this last December, I, I, I kind of slipped out of my routine. I got a little little fat and happy. Um, but my, my normal routine and what got me to where I am and what I'm getting back to here in January is I get up. I'm, I'm not a five o'clock guy. I, I, I probably should be, I'll be honest, but I usually get up, you know, about six o'clock. I, I go over, um, start, you know, I'll read for maybe six to six thirty. do some affirmations, uh, get my breakfast. You know, my wife, my wife and I will, you know, eat breakfast together, get the coffee. And then I, I try to get in the office by seven thirty to start hitting the phones as early as possible. Not, you know, not too early, but 
occasionally I'm hitting the phones at 7.30. I know it's probably not the best thing to say, but 7.30 or 8, I'm hitting expireds. And then, you know, from you know, whenever I'm done with the expired list, I'm, I'm doing for sale by owners and um, just listed, just sold calls. And then, uh, you know, center of influence, all that good stuff. And I'll do that so, from about, sorry, from about 8 to 11. Okay. So is that just new contacts, or does that include your follow-up time as well? Um, that'll include follow-up time as well. If I if there's not a lot of expires that day, or if there, you know, if I, you know, sometimes I just I, I I'll break up the monotony of the schedule and I'll switch things up and just do some, you know, maybe I'll do follow-up before I do just listed, just sold, or I'll try to switch things up here and there. But follow-up's huge. I mean. For me, at least, a lot of these expireds or for sale by owners. I mean, I'm not getting an appointment with them a lot of times until the you know third, fourth, fifth time I'm following up. You know, so I think a lot of people call them, they don't get them on the first time, and they just you know figure, hey, this doesn't work or whatever. But you definitely got to follow up like a madman to nail sometimes nail these people down. So let's let's talk about that. You got a when you say follow up, you mean just to get them on the phone the first time, or you had a conversation with them and you're following up after the conversation? What what, what does it look like? What are you talking I'd about? I'd say, yeah, yeah, I'd say both. You know, I, if you don't get them the first time around, you know, I always leave. I have like a pre-recorded message that I'll leave, but um, you know, we'll go back and do old expireds. You know, if we don't hit them the first time around, but a lot of times you'll get them and, uh, you know, they'll hit you with some objections. You, you, obviously you're always trying to get the appointment, but if, look, you know, if they just say, Hey, you look, it's not a good time or this or that. Um, or even if they're just straight rude, sometimes I'll, I'll call them the next day or the day after. And you, you know, you'd be surprised one day that they're in a bad mood the next day, you know, Hey, yeah, I am, I am ready to sell or, you know, interview other agents. So I, I'll follow up either way. Um, unless they tell me basically, you know, they're absolutely not selling their, their situation changed and they're staying or, um, you know, whatever. But usually I'll be following up two or three times after I've had an initial conversation with them. Okay, cool. So, so you're, you're still following up with these people. If you can't get them on the phone, if they're angry with you, you just aggressively stay in touch with them. What, what yeah. about, you mentioned a little bit ago, the word SOI. What were you doing to work your sphere of influence? Uh, you cut out for just say that one more time. I'm sorry, I heard the yeah, so you, sphere of you, influence. Yeah. So, you, what are you doing to work your sphere of influence? Um, you know, I've been doing a couple different things. Uh, calling them is is a big one. You know, touching you know touching base with them. But I've I've found, and I don't know, you know. I don't know how everyone feels about this as far as other agents, but I found that my best my best sphere of influence database is, is kind of my Facebook. I have, I have everyone, you know, I went to high school with all my you know family, friends, local business owners. Like I, I just, anyone I meet, I try to connect with on Facebook. Uh, and that, so I don't know, that, that's some, sorry. Go that's ahead. how we connected, right? Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you connect with like-minded people and, um, you kind of get to see who who's doing what. And I, you know, I don't try to spend a whole, you know, all my time on there, but you know, if you put it out there that you're in the business, you know, Hey, we just listed this house or check out this beautiful kitchen in this house. Or, you know, I try not to flood my, my feed with that, but 
you put it out there here and there. People know you're in the business. They see you're, you're selling homes. You're helping people achieve the dream of, of buying a home or whatever the, the um, case is. Uh, people respond to that. I mean, I, I get a couple inquiries, I'd say a week, from people asking me questions about real estate or, you know, their mom you know, is thinking about moving or they don't, they need to know what to do to buy a house. I mean, you know, I don't think that's the only way you should keep in, in touch with your sphere, but I think it's a huge, huge way to touch a lot of people that you know um, with just a simple, you know, 10 seconds to post something about real estate real quick without sounding desperate or, Hey, you know, Hey, please send me your referrals. You know, I, I try to shy away from that. I, I just show them what we do on a daily basis, show them that we have a lot of fun and, it kind of attracts people to wanting to use you for for their real estate needs. So once you make that connection with them on, on social media, I mean, obviously just being on Facebook is not the answer, right? Like you've got to be able to sure. have conversations, convert them to appointments, get a contract signed. But let's say this person's got some questions, but they're not really going anywhere, right, as far as, you know, right now as a client. Do you have a system that you add them to your SOI so you're staying in touch calling them later, or, or how does that yep. work? Yeah. Tell us about that. I, I'm pretty old school, and I, I learned this from a, a buddy of mine who learned it from his coach. And I'm, I'm not – I'm tech savvy, but I'm not. I don't know. I, I am, but I'm not. So I use a really old school method. I got two binders. One has a, a 1 through 31 kind of dividers. So one for every day of the week, and then I got, and these are the you know three ring binders, and then I've got a bigger one that has a, a January through December. So let's let's say I talk to someone and and they say, yeah, James, I'm thinking about buying. Um, you know, let's say they contact me today and they say in March for sure I'm going to buy in March. So I'll write their information down on a, a lead page. I'll put it in the binder for say February. And I'll write, hey, they're, you know, the thing about buying in March. Here's their number. Here's their name. Here's what they want to do. And then when I get to to March or or to February in my folder, you know, I'm, every time a new month comes over, I open that folder up and say, okay, what's going on here in this month? Who was looking to buy or sell around this time? So they said they wanted to buy in March. I'll hit them up in February. Say, hey, just checking in. I know you said you think about buying in March. Is that still the plan? Yes, it is. Okay. Have you had a chance to get pre-qualified? No, we haven't. Okay, let me put you in touch with our lender. That that's kind of how I keep in touch with all my leads. It's it's really old school. I'm sure there's a, a a better way, but I've found that all the CRMs are, for me at least, they just seem super complicated, and I haven't taken the time to learn them. So I just keep it super old school, and I have a, a two binder system. That's kind of how I keep track of my leads for now. Nice man. So so you have a system, right? Like so for you guys that are yep. listening, that's that's important. You have to have a system. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I think that's a lot of people's problem in this business is they overcomplicate. And and I use Mojo, the CRM mm-hmm. that I recommend everyone uses. And and you can do the same exact thing he does, but electronically. But so many people get in there and they try to complicate it by putting together these crazy action plans that themselves can't even figure out. Right? It's got to be so yep. simple a 12 year old could do it. <laughs> cool, man. I agree. So what, I agree. Where are you going for, for 2017? Well, here we are a few days into it. What, what's your plan here? Well, I, I still have a coach. I have a Mike Ferry coach, and, and I don't – from what 
my plan and my coach's plan for me is is get a get a buyer's agent because right now I'm just doing it by all by myself, myself and my mm-hmm. transaction coordinator, my TC. Um, and I I don't think I could just I, I don't think I can grow unless I hire some more help. And uh, the plan is to to get a buyer's agent to kind of facilitate some of these leads and some of these buyers too, because that you know showing homes takes a lot of time and you might have a buyer that you know sees 20 30 homes before they write an offer and uh for me to be able to grow and kind of expand the business like i'd like to uh, i'm gonna have to get some some help hired here so the the plan is by the end of this month we'll have someone in place to kind of help take on some of the buyer's leads and and you know honestly the more clients you have you want to be able to give everyone a good service and i'm getting spread so thin that it's it's tough to give everyone a good service, good customer service, a good quality experience. So we we don't want that to uh, to be hindered, you know, as we grow. So that's that's next on the list is getting some help. Awesome, man. How, what's your goal for for transactions here in 2017? How much? How many dollars you want to make? Dollars. We are at. Let me see here. Got it right here. Got it written down. I'm look shoot we're shooting for three hundred and twenty five in GCI and that would be sixty five closed transactions. Nice man. And you should really be able to go beyond that if you bring on a a buyer's agent. I mean realistically you should be able to go go past that. Nice man. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, I might I need to bump that goal up. <laughs> hey, you know, if there was if I if I look back and if I could change a couple things, I would have thought bigger with what I could have done faster. Like seriously, the moment I started thinking bigger, writing bigger goals, they started happening. Like, you know, this year I had a goal uh, for 650 for total revenue. That's with all my businesses, right? And mm-hmm. I fell short and hit 592, right? But 592 is still better than a half a million, which I yeah. really was originally going to start it at 500,000, right? So you hit 500 gotcha. and fall short of 450. I think 590 is better than 450. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the thing, James, that I've learned is we've been taught almost how to make goals wrong. Like we've been taught to make these realistic goals, and and it's you even like probably experienced this. Like if you set a goal and you don't hit it, you almost start to beat yourself up. And and I started analyzing as I've interviewed top producers over the last few years and met them, got to know them, and and these big producers, you know, doing, uh, you know, one of my good friends is is, is netting a hundred thousand dollars a month in three different businesses, right? He's he's doing over three million dollars in three businesses, right? And he still owns five others. And what I found out is that they make these targets. It's not about hitting the targets. It's about going that direction, right? And they're stoked if they hit seventy five percent of their goal. Whereas most people are kind of freaking out. Oh, I fell short. Blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I, I initially, uh, I'd say a couple months ago. I think I even maybe talked to you on the phone briefly or something, in between uh, when I had this initial goal and now. But my initial goal was to to buy a house and just pay cash. Just hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could just buy a house cash and live in it and not have to worry about a mortgage? But you know, I got to thinking. That you know, that's a great goal, but it's kind of a limiting goal too. I mean, I why not buy you know why not buy five houses cash? You know, why not that be your goal? 
You know what I mean? It, there's no limit in this business. It's it's crazy, you know, the amount of money you can make if you're willing to work hard enough. But you, you're right. You should always think bigger, and that's something I'm working on too is just thinking, you know, what I think is big isn't big. You know, there's always another level, mm-hmm. and you realize that once you start hanging around with people that, you know, are making making good money and, and have big goals and, and think bigger because – I remember thinking when I first started in real estate, man, if I if I could make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, that would just be <laughs> that would just yeah. be insane. You know, I don't know what I'd do with all that money. And then you start hanging around top producers, you start going to uh, coaching sessions or or you know seminars, and you start seeing people that are making you know a million dollars a year in GCI or or five hundred thousand or three hundred thousand, and you start seeing what's possible. And if you don't surround yourself with people that are, are doing big things and have big goals and, and seeing, hey, this guy's not much different than I am or this, this lady's not much, much, you know, they're not superhumans, they're not celebrities. They're just people that are working extremely hard. They have good systems in place and they have huge, huge goals. And like you said, even if they fall short of those huge goals, they're still doing, you know, leaps and bounds better uh, than they would if they would have just set, you know, a, a more obt- quote unquote obtainable goal. Totally, one hundred percent. And I, I, I look at, um, you know, my entire career. It just was wrapped around: did I think bigger or did I not? Right? Like, it was when I thought small, I played small. Hundred grand to me, James was like, holy crap! I never thought I'd make a hundred grand. Now I'm yep. earning six times that, and I'm only thirty-two years old. So it, it just goes to show, like, if you create it in your mind, you can create it in your reality. Absolutely. So, yep. what, and real quick, one more question. So, what, what, yeah. what was your revenue for twenty um, twenty sixteen? Would you finish up at? Oh, it's just under two hundred twenty thousand. Um, so two hundred twenty thousand. Your first really yeah. full year of of being yep. in real estate. Congratulations, man. That's that's awesome. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And and I'll be honest, man. A lot of the videos that you posted, and you know, I, I remember going back. I, I think I, I just posted some a while back about uh, I missed the Colton Lindsay with the emo hair. But that's how long <laughs> I've been watching. You know, you do your thing on on YouTube and, and Colin expireds, and um, you know, even when I didn't have the the guts to start doing that at the time, I was still learning. You know, I'd watch you and. and listen to what you were saying and kind of the objection handlers that you would use. And you could take, you know, someone that initially was extremely mad when they answered the phone. And then 10 minutes later, you're setting up an appointment to, to go list their house. And I just thought that was just, it was almost mind blowing. So, you know, between people like yourself and, and the, you know, Mike Ferry organization and then other great coaching organizations out there, there's always someone out there that you can go uh, learn from and then start implementing that into your business and you're going to, you're going to do a good job. Sweet, man. So one more time, how can people connect with you? Um, you can call me direct. If anyone wants to call me, just call me direct 909-851-9208. That's my cell phone. Or you can reach out to me. One of my favorite platforms is Instagram. I love Instagram. I'm James underscore Shelby, or I'm sure if you just type James Shelby, you could find me or Facebook, either one, all the above. Awesome, man. We appreciate you. James is a rock star. Connect with him. Uh, If you guys have any questions, make sure to reach out to me, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Colton.
Hey everyone, did you like this episode? Well, be sure to subscribe and share it with friends. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle.